0: The unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew.
1: Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. It's the OG edition. Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosovich, Carrie Murdoch here. Kind of a uh, a lot of stuff going on with camps this week you've been seeing hopefully the YouTube uh, stuff that we've been doing either with Jordy ball or uh, the camp recap yesterday which is a lot of fun doing and might be kind of a, a state of the union thing because i I, I, I will say this like just kind of starting out I was talking to Josh I think I mentioned this to Eddie the other day like I don't know if you walked in that other room Josh um, but like the podcast has always been something that kind of set us apart. We started it really before any other sites were doing anything like that. You would see, like, you know, that you had some Sooner fans that had some podcasts here and there, and we were like, well, let's make a really good one. And and Eddie was, it's you know, he was pretty well into your radio career. Then I think, I don't know, did had you had a full-time job when we started the pod or not?
2: Uh at you the just kind yeah. No, yet. I don't. No, 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 no. no. I no. I'd done the podcast. That was one of the reasons that you got I hired. Yes, d- technically I got the opportunity, and then I ended up doing some uh, like fill in work during like you know the holiday uh-huh. season, the summer, yeah. extravaganza, what everybody does, and uh, then that led uh, you know Steely, obviously, I guess, adding as a fourth team, and then uh, the Fauci disease.
1: Yeah, I got gotcha. yeah, <laughs> uh, and no, but I mean, you know, when we had started it, it was kind of a weird thing because, like, you know, we were small. Um, we started doing video, like ed- bringing Eddie aboard, like that was like revolutionary at the time when we did it. Like nobody had a video guy for a website, right? Um, and it turned into this thing where it's like, well, let's let's do really good video, so let's buy really expensive cameras for us at the time. Like, let's buy some cameras. Uh, we'd always had like we had that little DV camera, Josh. That you know we were doing before mm-hmm. Eddie was in the picture. We'd started doing video. That was on the old DV cassettes, which <laughs> Eddie got very familiar with. Those. I think you know we're not doing video today. I just needed a break from video. Um, I've always thought that that would be like a good set piece for Eddie to have the old uh, DV camera behind him, uh, and maybe the one that the kid ruined, the JV kid. Um, just all the cameras that you've been through over the years, but. Like, it was always the expensive. Like, Josh got a camera. And, like, I would even make Josh get, like, the prosumer camera. It was like mm-hmm. you had – yours had, like, these special jingles and stuff. It was kind of embarrassing to be with you when you were using it because uh, you turn it on and be like, bong, 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 bong. Uh, well, Eddie had a real professional one. But, you know, I was just being cheap. But over the years, we've got more cameras. And then the first time – we never thought, like, all our money always went into traveling and cameras. That was all we ever spent money on. And then we're like, okay, we're going to do this podcast, you know, but I've been around radio, Eddie's doing, you know, Eddie's starting to, he's, he was even, then he was like setting up remotes and things like that back at KREF, I think in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you knew what you were doing and, you know, we're like, well, Josh is in Houston and I know a way to make it sound like he's in the room. And so uh, we invested in like this, this mixing board. It was like, I don't know, $2,000, $1,700 at the time or something. And it was like one of those things, like we had to have this like big group decision, like should we spend this? And then the microphones were like $350 a piece. And we're like, holy shit, like what are we getting ourselves into? And then everybody loved it. And it was great. And you know, we still have that same mixer. And like that's to me, is, it's, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not like nostalgic or like, you know, sad or anything like that. But it's just to see where we are now compared to those days, we're just buying a $1,700 mixer. We're like, shit, what are we doing here? Like we're, we're blowing our life savings. I miss uh, those days uh, on
0: mixers. That was before when seventeen hundred dollars was. Oh God, <laughs> that's painful.
2: Yeah, that that was a uh, the small purchase. Yes.
0: right. Yes, now that's just part of seventeen pieces we need. I just committed to more than that this morning. Um, good, good. Well, it's gonna have construction and all that. Sure, so. sure. Hmm. R- pretty cheap. Okay. I mean, give him a little shout out in the pod. Little little business his way.
1: If you need a guy named Tereso, mm-hmm. it, he, and he comes and says, I can do that for you, then you say, how much? And he's going to blow you away by how cheap he is. Uh, I don't know if he's up to code, per se, but, <laughs> you know, we'll just skip that part of it. Uh, anyway, um, so, you know, last night we did the, you know, kind of what we've been building to, which, you know, you were in town and had the camp, and we've kind of been gearing toward the SEC schedule release. We wanted to do, like, a live stream. And we haven't really done a proper live stream out of the studio, uh, but it turns out like some of the equipment we have is you know not capable of that, so we had to order more. Um, and but we we had the idea, well let's let's show Josh what we've been working on and how he, we can show him the video of camp. And Eddie and I were in there
0: scrambling to get the video all ready to go. Uh, and it was but you fantastic. Guys did that really quickly? Like I know it seemed like a scramble to you all, but I mean I think you were gone for like 20 30 minutes it wasn't any big deal well Ed,
1: to, to eddie's credit he's familiarized himself with the editing of an archival video he's it's basically been through a boot camp the last month just uploading all of our our game uh logs from last year and all that stuff so yeah it's pretty unbelievable well, I, I was doing telling... like 10 cuts is nothing compared to doing 250 at one time. no
2: and everything is like it the hardest thing really is just finding where the clips are like and knowing who's who and then labeling it. Once you get everything labeled, it's about
1: as easy of a process as you could possibly have. And that's like what, you know, you know, people keep asking us on the board, like, you know, what's, what's on YouTube, what's on podcasts. Like, here's the thing I realized kind of working through. I was like, we're going to have to have another sooner, you know, another YouTube channel just for the unofficial 40 podcast, because, if we don't, it screws up all our analytics and stuff uh, for advertisers and things like that. So it, it's more of a pain than it seems. Like, we've just been kind of putting stuff up to kind of show people, like, this is— I know you've been clamoring for, you know, more stuff, and, and what are we doing with all these students? That was—last night was kind of the culmination of, okay, this is how cool it can be. And all that stuff that you see on that video, like, we can do that in real time. I, we, it was the first time fiddling around with it, so I took some more time left here about 2 a.m. in the morning, uh, just getting it all to look good. But, like, yeah, we're going to be able to do what you see on YouTube with the uh, camp breakdown. Like, we're going to be able to do live stuff like that
0: moving forward. It's going to look like a real professional
1: broadcast production.
0: Like I said, just sitting here doing it last night, I was kind of geeking out a little bit just because, we, you know, there's all these monitors. We can watch what's going on. And, you know, I really enjoyed Eddie and I being able to say, hell, you know, look at this catch. Look at what Andy Bass did here. And – uh, again, I mean, this is the stuff I know. People that have been around, kind of since this office got off the ground a couple of years ago now. Like people are like, well, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen?
1: October. It was when we started.
0: Was it okay? Well, I mean, it's it's about been a year a while. and a half. Yeah, sure. And um, it is one of those things. Like this was the stuff we were talking about then, mm-hmm. and it's just it, it's it's not a, it's not cheap, and b, it's not easy. Like if if this stuff was simple and Anyone could do it. We wouldn't be the first ones largely doing this kind mm-hmm. of stuff.
1: Well, I mean, and, and what it comes down to is, it's it's our philosophy. It always has been, which is, uh, what aren't we doing that our subscribers would like us to do, or or what? How are we not reaching the fans in a way that we can reach the fans? And you know, I think just overall, I call it new media, um, whether it's podcasting, YouTube, uh, live streams, whatever. Anything that's not terrestrial radio or newspaper or local television, you know, over-the-air broadcast, like, people can, I, I said this to the board They like, people consume content in so many different ways now, more than they ever have before. And, like, people get in arguments, like, well, why, well I don't need it on YouTube, I just wanted a podcast, or why isn't the podcast on YouTube? I like it that. Everybody consumes things differently. Yeah. And so we want to be in as many different areas uh, for you to be able to consume our content, and the great thing I was telling Josh you this yesterday, it's like there's so many people out there doing like oh, here's my I saw, and not to rip on anybody, I won't say his name, but like the guy was I saw some guy doing a breakdown of uh, Justin Harrington mm-hmm. uh, as a cornerback, and like and the, you could tell the comments were coming. He's like he's a cheetah dude, like he's a safety. Yeah. Um. So like there's so many people out there doing and trying to do. Uh, recruiting videos, and the, but it's based a lot off of your information and other, you know, other people's information. Like, people can now go to YouTube and watch stuff and go straight to the horse's
0: mouth and get that info. Uh, absolutely. Um, included among those are my two daughters, who are very excited to subscribe and follow. And I'm shamelessly asking all of you listening <laughs> to do the same damn thing. That's right. So again, because that that stuff, yeah, I know it seems simple and stupid, and for those. I think a lot of people listen to the pod maybe don't know. You don't there's no payment on YouTube. You just subscribe, you mm-hmm. get notified of if we put something new up and that stuff will be happening more and more frequently. We're already throwing around all kinds of ideas for the summer, for end of the season, like things we want to do. So And the important thing stuff.
1: is like YouTube is not gonna take away from the pod. We're no. only gonna do more pods. Mm-hmm. You know, George wants to do a pod, we're gonna start working on his pod. Yep. We've talked about maybe like a fan pod or a student mm-hmm. pod or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you know, And there's all the – I you know, I've said this today on the board. Like, I don't – I still don't even think we're in the infancy of media NIL because I don't think that's been explored. I don't think – you know, that could be something to me that's – you know, student-athletes can take advantage of. It's just like with the softball shirts. Like, we got 12 grand sitting around. Like, do I take that and make that like a Kenzie Hansen show next year? Mm -hmm. Like, if she comes back. Like, we don't have to give it all up now. Like, we can just put it and use it for NIL media stuff with softball in the future. So – we should
2: put it all on the OU Texas game. <laughs> like we uh, like the idea to do with the orange bowl a couple we did years that. ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I forget. Was that the orange bowl? I we think did the,
2: that? the decision uh, that ended up being a pretty good decision that we did not do that. We we right. gave
0: that a scary amount of consideration. That, that it really was a good got pl- I around. still think it was a good plan. I mean, I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was.
1: It. Oh. I do remember thinking like this would not be the end of us, but it could also be a, mm-hmm. a nice benefit. Was it? Was it the Peach Bowl?
0: It might have been the Peach Bowl. I think it might have been the was Peach Bowl. Was it the Peach Bowl at the LSU yeah. game? Yeah, I think well, it was. Well, that didn't turn out. No, I
1: think it was well. the Rose Bowl.
0: Was it? I think it, it could was have the been. Rose Bowl. It could have been. Um,
2: I thought we were going to Miami. I, could, I can't remember. Yeah. Was, I can't remember. It, they night. all run
1: together.
0: So go back and listen to And let's see rather podcast, forgettable on all counts. Yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> Pick one. They're all pretty forgettable. Yeah, it might have been the Clemson Orange Bowl. Who knows? Uh. So anyway, I mean, it was a game. It might have been the Peach Bowl because I think it was a game that we thought that they would definitely get their heads kicked in.
0: Yeah, but it was worth it if we took a flyer, like money line. We're like, well, right, if right. we come in, we're we're getting yeah, paid. that's that's what we
1: were going to bet against mm-hmm, OU. Mm-hmm. And if they lost and we covered it, mm-hmm. we were going to make our money back. Yeah, well, well, maybe like you should have done that.
2: Maybe that would have been a better bet.
1: So uh, anyway. All that being said, I forgot to hit record again today. Um, so, which is a, a you know. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie thought it happened a second time. I, I did saw too. you alert. I <laughs> did too. I I was like, oh god, how do no, we do that? It, it definitely is counting down. Uh, the only thing you really missed is us giving Eddie grief for not switching to his new laptop because which we're is going getting to grief. In time. But we're getting grief. That's the Now that we're doing all this YouTube stuff, everybody can see the tape on your on your laptop. And I think it just calls the, for character. The left nice mouse button yeah. is falling off it is. of it. Well, nobody I can mean, see that, and you just got to
2: hit it right. I'm telling you, it's. I've never had any problems with it. That's why there's like a uh, little indention where you need to hit. <laughs> there's like a little. Uh, Are little you Helen thing.
1: Keller now? All of a sudden, you need you need uh, no. Guidance? I can, I mean, uh, like her, you can see. Is that what you're saying? Uh,
2: well, yeah. I mean, she can see. She's been Stevie Wondering the world for a long, long time.
1: What do folks at enjoy say about that?
2: Do they bring think? her in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that, I think that's what the uh, the exact quote was. Well, bring her in. What was her uh, What was the the uh, the teacher that caught all the grief? What was her uh, teacher's name? She's just as oh. she's just as as at fault. Uh, Annie something. I Aunt thought. Anne Frank. No, no. no. Whoa, definitely not. Not going <laughs> there. Not going there. I believe that story.
1: Oh, she was the one that was mean to her, like slapped her around and stuff. Well, uh, was Helen Keller blur. was
2: Helen Keller was mean to her?
1: Right. No, I mean somebody was yeah. mean uh, to Helen
0: Keller though, Ann right? Sullivan. Ann, Ann Sullivan. Anne Sullivan. Right. Right. I'm impressed, guys. I did. I was drawing a total blank there. She's just she was the bitch uh, though, right? Ann Sullivan was right. Well, no, Helen
1: Keller was the bitch because she <laughs> pretended to be blind, right? And Anne was just tra- she's the
2: one that was in on the bit the whole time. <laughs>
1: And Ann was like, I know you're not blind. I'm going to smack yeah, you around.
2: Well, probably. And she ended up probably profiting. Like, how many
1: times can I swing this open hand at your face until you duck? It, w- it was a game.
2: <laughs> it's like duck, duck, goose back in the day.
1: <laughs> it is like, uh, it's like this story. And did you ever ask your dad about the. Oh, no, the I haven't. Def- I need
0: it. to. I need to. You're disappointing me a lot on yeah, this th- trip. Th- I'm going to tell you right that's now. That's a fair. Yeah, that's fair.
1: No, but, uh. We, Eddie does have a new live. He actually has a new 4K camera, um, which I'm excited to see because you you are a good cameraman. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh, you were giving him credit. I, I yeah. fully g- agreed with you. So um, I hope we can find another camera. Not that we're firing you, but I hope that we can find another guy to go along with you at some point. Um, so. That's fine. You can fire me. <laughs> see you in court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but. Uh, it is time, I think, for the uh, enjoy, uh, fresh perspective, look around. And, uh, you know, I think, obviously, Camp News will continue to talk about another day tomorrow. Uh, it'll be the final prospect camp for Brent Venables and staff until they go into the big recruiting weekend for U
0: Barbecue, which I don't I'm not even calling it that anymore. I haven't seen them publicize yeah. it that much, but, I mean, I'm the definitely... The fans are used to calling I'm it. I'm definitely so. still using that just for simplicity's sake, if nothing else. But, yeah... I, it should be. Uh, it's going to be another good camp day. I've already got probably four or five offers. I think Devon is going to be, be there him. again. He will one hundred percent. I mean, if there. you come this far, you got to yeah, finish it he's off. Got I, a, I, I was joking with him yesterday. Like uh, you're almost there, man. You're almost home. And uh,
1: I mean, that's the most impressive and weird
0: thing I've ever seen. I, I never thought. Like he told me that from the outset. And I did not think he'd do it, and it looks like that's exactly what he's going to do. And again, the thing that I marvel at is. It's not like, oh, he comes for the morning and then he hangs out in the afternoon. He goes through both sessions. Like, he and his brother as well. He was clearly sweating his ass off in that video yesterday. Like, in the indoor, it's hot out there.
1: Like, he is, yeah, he is not just there to stand around and, and talk to people. Uh, but also, coming up today, and, and I think maybe we should kind of give our predictions because we're not going to have a live show, but the SEC schedule release. And, you know, I think a lot of people, for me... It's gotten kind of fun the way we've been talking about it all day. The way we talked about it this morning on the show, um, it, you know, the NFL thing desensitizes you a little bit to schedule releases because you're like, "Why are you making trying to make such a big deal out of this? like I don't care, but I get it. There's some fans that want to plan, you know, that are that big of a fan and they want to plan uh, those kind of things. Uh, but I mean, for this, I'm getting excited about it because you know rumors are out there. Uh, it it does seem like Alabama, you know, is going to play Oklahoma. I think you know we're hearing kind of, I don't know that we're hearing the opposite. I think we're hearing more that it's probably going to be a Norman. Yeah, I think so.
2: I, I I think that that's going to be the case. Is uh, the SEC will be sending its two premier institutions out on the road to the new places? As far as Georgia going to Texas. Now it is a little bit weird that Alabama does go or. Texas goes to Alabama this season in 2023, which will obviously be a non-conference right, right. game. But yeah, I it's pretty much confirmed that of the 7 games that you know right now, one of them is going to be OU hosting Alabama. Now, it is interesting today we don't get dates. There are no dates involved. Just this match is up. just opponents.
1: Hmm. Well, and I thought, you know, I I thought in terms of Okay, so if the SEC is you know it just means more, they're going to want to put the best matchups possible. But I don't know that that's going to happen because, like, if you want the best matchup possible with Texas and Oklahoma, I think it is forcing Josh Heupel to come back to Norman and play Oklahoma in Norman. That'd be cool. That I mean, really that's the cool. biggest storyline I could think of. Now, there's also the Arch Manning goes to Ole Miss and plays where Eli played and his dad and his grandfather played. Uh, Eli actually his uncle. Uh, But, like, that would be a pretty cool storyline, people think, which would mean that OU and Mississippi State would play if they did that. Also, you got the Mark Stoops and the Mike Stoops connection with Kentucky, like, having them play Oklahoma, like, make Oklahoma go there, probably. Uh, And they're a very tough defense. Uh, And then you have, like, Florida and Bob Stoops. I mean, you kind of have a lot of these little Bob Stoops storylines, him being the guy that brought Oklahoma back, so many connections to places in the SEC. It almost seems like
2: Alabama and Florida, Missouri, like those are three that I'm pretty confident you're going to find on the schedule. And then you kind of start working your way down. Is it going to be a Tennessee? Is it going to be an old Miss? And the um, other thing to me South is— South Carolina, I think, would be fun just because Shane's over there. Mm-hmm.
1: And, the, and the other thing to me is you have to do this if you're at the SEC. You have to make Texas go to College Station and play A&M. Yeah, and I, I think that— It's, it's the—, it's the Okay, uh, we know you guys have been butthurt over this. Here's what we're going to do to make it – not make it right, but make you feel better, let you know we're on your side. The
2: three games that Chip Brown put out on, uh, I guess that would be Wednesday morning, were Arkansas, A&M, in College Station, and uh, Georgia. So those are the three of the seven that we know for Texas. And, you know, I thought it was interesting, too, that Peter Burns had put it out there this morning that OU and Texas – Will play opposite schedules. So right. if there is a name on OU's schedule, Texas if won't be playing. If they're playing Tennessee, Texas won't be. Right. So we know for a fact going in, OU's not gonna probably play Arkansas in twenty twenty four. They're not gonna play A and M in twenty twenty four, and they're not gonna play Georgia in twenty twenty four unless you were to meet them in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. The
1: question is who gets saddled with LSU? Because you got you got Tennessee mm-hmm. out there, you got Texas, you got Texas A and M. Uh, well, you got Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida. Like, I would say LSU, they might be the third best team. I mean, kind they might feels, be the fourth best team.
2: Kind of feels like that's a Texas thing. Like I, but they've border. just played yeah. them recently. Mm-hmm. Well, they just played Georgia, though. But OU... I or mean, not Georgia, excuse me. Uh, Arkansas. They just got out of a series with Arkansas. Uh, Texas, Texas did. did. Oh, well, yeah, they did. They lost. Wasn't it yeah. yeah, like a home and home about yeah. two years? ago? It was mm-hmm. a Herman thing, it wasn't? Was, that was a Herman. Uh, coach it was Sark's first year. That's right. They got just, that's run right. they in got just yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't know. I selfishly, I would love to go to Baton Rouge on a Saturday night, but I don't know if that's probably the best thing for. That Oklahoma. really would
1: be a. This is what you don't understand, OU fans, about the SEC moment. Uh, like I think so. Like, I'm all the OU fans have been going around saying we're SEC ready.
0: No. Baton Rouge at night will show you that you're not the Unless SEC you ready. show up and stab somebody in Death Valley. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of Eddie then at, you win. at the uh, Cotton Bowl in front of the band, you know, playing the video that everybody's seen. Eddie with neck in the background just feels – I mean, that that feels so – I think Taylor that's when made. I'll know
2: that I'm home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know, but I think with um, – was there any bigger certainty than – Alabama and Georgia were absolutely, like, one was getting Oklahoma, one was getting Tech. Like, that was yeah. going to happen. So I think that's really interesting. I think the idea of, I mean, guys, obviously we've got no iron in that fire, but watching Texas go to College Station, that's that's going to be awesome, and that's going to be an incredible environment. And if if we're talking about Alabama coming to Norman, that's – that's going to be amazing. Can you
2: imagine? I already had somebody reach out to me and just say, can you imagine the amount of official visits that oh, weekend? Oh or just God. visits in general, any sport, baseball, golf, basketball, like that will be one of the busiest weekends in Norman, Ohio State, 2016, maybe. I mean, I'm, we're yeah, literally I mean, talking yeah. about five, six, seven years. I would since say
1: Tennessee was in Ohio State, very similar to, But Ohio State, you felt like their fans arrived earlier, maybe. Like, you saw a lot of Orange on game day.
2: Yeah, Notre Dame was like that in uh, 2012 as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Remember, they all stayed downtown. They had a big pep rally down there and everything.
2: It's just like – I think that that's one of the more interesting uh, aspects of all of this, too, is, you know, what this means for everybody around here on Campus Corner or Oklahoma City as far as the – and I I know that people that are investing into buildings in Norman – with 2024 and beyond in mind knowing how big of a
1: cash cow it could right, be right right and i mean I, I know that there's some talk about just almost restructuring campus corner because of the sec which uh, is
2: even more interesting like yeah it, this thing has been don't tear a building down please unless it's going to be badass unless they're going to build something badass in in place of it
1: just looking at all the work we've done. I think
2: say dehoming us. Well, I side. mean, we'll
1: get a good, we'll get
0: a good full season in or something. Uh, but you know, for for me, you know, Eddie talked about the official visits. That'll be interesting to see what OU does with that because I wonder how much importance they've made in the summer because you know you had about thirteen guys last week and this week and there's going to be more than twenty guys on official visits. Do you shift some of that back? towards the season because you've got better home games. You have bigger depends draws. on how good you are to me. Yeah. I, I just like, if you feel like you're going to have a great opponent come in here and you're
1: going to go toe-to-toe mm-hmm. and win that game, like Tennessee-Alabama last year, did they put
0: everything they could into the recruiting weekend? I don't think they probably did. It was pretty huge. I mean, now again, I don't think it was 30 official visitors, but that that's also a primary difference. When I see guys that, you know, do what I do for Alabama or Georgia – and they'll talk about these big visit weekends mm-hmm. and it's 20 25 guys during the season now a they've had the support staff that Oklahoma hasn't had until now right. which they can now you know Oklahoma can now handle off, those yeah. kind of weekends but secondarily they didn't have the weekends it would draw cuz i mean if a kid was going to choose Oklahoma you know Baylor at Oklahoma or Ohio State Michigan he's freaking going to Ohio State Michigan like there's just no there was no way to combat some of those weekends. So I think I, I wonder how much that led into the summer's going to be our big visit time.
1: Are all, are all recruits staying at the Noun Hotel now?
0: I don't honestly know. I know. I mean, I wouldn't imagine they would move it around unless they had to. Like, well, I mean, they were
1: at. The, you stayed at the place they mm-hmm, used to stay at, mm-hmm. which used to be the Marriott out there. But then they were at the NBC Suites. Right.
0: I know that they've
2: brought in a couple of uh, transfer portal guys, and they were at the now. Like okay. I, I just I recognize the room, mm-hmm. but I don't know if like just a high school kid if they're putting them over there or not. I one of the biggest deals I think is like even for like a game day weekend and, and things like that is. I don't know if there's enough rooms. I, like, no, they have a yeah. lot of those already sold out.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not like, if if you have the NBC suites, there's a lot of room. Sure. it's a bit, They've got ballrooms and all yeah. that stuff. Like, now it's more of a boutique hotel. I really don't know. That's a good question. Uh, but, no, I mean, I, I think it, like, you, going back to your original point, like, yeah, you bring in 30 people to Alabama if you win the Big 12
0: this year yeah. and play in the college football playoff. 100%. Yep, and, that, and that's a really good thing that you have to navigate. And that's why we keep talking about how important this year is for Oklahoma. They've got to get this right because you need some momentum going, you know, because it's, it's not, I mean, it's different, but it's not that different than what we're talking about with BYU, Cincinnati, all these schools going in to the Big 12. They haven't had to play a week-in, week-out schedule like this. Oklahoma has not played a week in week out schedule like we're about to see, you know, them get put in front of in 2024 tonight. So It's
1: crazy like what the schedule is this year and everybody kind of I think we've all been asked like do you think oh you can win 9 games this year like and it's a weak schedule. You look at like what people are kind of piecing together what like like Alabama and Georgia's schedule is going to be. It's a murderer's row. Like oh you would not fare
0: well playing that schedule this year no matter what, how much better they're getting. I'm going to state it for the record. I've said it several times. If this team doesn't win nine games, I'm concerned. Like th- Looking at this schedule, and we did a story, uh, Bob, Eddie, George, and myself all made predictions on the season. I think the worst of it was 10-2. and two. It was, like, and
2: I, I try. like, I looked over it multiple times. It's like I told you in the mm-hmm. office earlier. I looked over it multiple times, like, am I just being a huge homer right now? I don't see a whole lot of losses on that schedule. It's, it's hard to find some of those losses. And particularly, maybe it's because in the back of my brain, I'm thinking, like, and going have, having gone through all of those uh, games that we have been recataloging, it's like, holy shit, how did, how did they lose in Morgantown? How did you lose in Lubbock? Mm-hmm. How did you lose uh, even a Baylor game where if you don't turn the ball over four or five times, you're right in it, even with all those turnovers? That there's no
1: there's no doubt about it. And what let me figure this out because yeah, I I did not fill out the prediction thing, which, you know. Um you guys left me in there. Thanks for the blanks. Um
0: <laughs> That was a that was a little bit of an error in communication.
1: Uh so no, but
0: and what was your
1: what was your prediction?
0: Ten and two. No, you long. you're eleven and one, Eddie. You, had, uh, BYU's the only loss you've got on here, here on the schedule. Did I change Texas? Uh, yeah. You picked a win in, in Dallas. Oh, whoops. The well, three you know of what? us I went mean, ten and two, and you went eleven. I would say this guy. I think I, uh, <laughs> Homer Radosevic. Uh,
1: well, no, here's, actually, it's not that at all. I think Eddie has the best vision of all of us because he's had Lasik from Enjoy.
2: <laughs> That's a very good point, Carrie. Enjoy Vision is the uh, best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. What Enjoy wants to do for the U40 listener is give you $400 off if you are interested in getting LASIK and seeing like me. Enjoywithme.com. That's all you got to do is go to the letter N, J-O-Y, me.com. Use promo code U40. Receive $400 off. Enjoy Vision. This is where you LASIK.
1: And I always say, uh, there are no guarantees that you can see into the future if you get uh, LASIK from Enjoy Vision, but Eddie always says. I can, I can see quite
2: clearly. I, I might have perfect vision. Into the future? Into the future, yeah. Okay. Although uh, I don't have vision into the past because <laughs> I thought that I put 10 and 2. <laughs> uh, that's on me. I, I, I think even if you read the thing that I put next to the Texas write-up, it makes it look like I put a loss at the Cotton Bowl. So that's my bad. I, I meant to say 10-2. and two. Yeah, you,
0: you've got win, and it, the first line is, you're going to hate me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why I didn't catch him a whole lot of hell about that. <laughs> that's funny. Well, it, and,
2: and I think it's more so just because I did look through that schedule, and it's hard to find losses. Like, gun to my head, do I think that they're going to go lose in Provo?
1: Probably not. I probably would side
2: with the other side.
1: I'm getting conflicting. Oh, uh, getting conflicting information. And Josh, I don't know. Uh, We're here. Sorry, we got the delivery. All right. Well, sorry, there was a little uh, delivery break there. As we said, Uh, a lot of stuff happened in the office these days. Um, So, I mean, yeah. You know what OU does this year. It it is important because I think you kind of see it with the camps, Josh. I mean, you have guys coming in. Uh, everyone wants to be, it's kind of like yesterday in the video you guys did. It's like, yeah, you're getting on a kid from Baton Rouge, but is this a program right now that's able to kind of convince a kid from an area known to, you know, it's, just, it's like the Mike Brown kid too, the, mm-hmm. the kid from spring. It's like you have all these guys that, uh, and of course, Mike Brown's a, n- a new name, but you can tell he's very talented, but he already had the A&M offer. So they'd been able to see him sure. down there, knew of him. Uh, like, if you're not playing above this level, you're not going to steal many guys out of their, you know, out of their proximity over, like, a Georgia or a Clemson or, or people like that. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, and I think that's been something that has been almost a learning curve a little bit for some of the staff that had been at Clemson that was, you know, that had that pedigree where they could walk in and say, hey, we've won two national titles in the last ten years, and we, we recruit out of Florida all the time. We've landed all these five stars. Some of that carries over with you, but not all of it. So I think that's been a little bit of them having to figure out, okay, we can still win pretty heavily here. Cause I, I feel like you've seen, and I don't know that a lot of payoff so far, but I feel like they've been more involved in Southern California again. Uh, you know, and, and not like to the level that Lincoln Riley was, but just, Hey, you know, we've got a lot of guys here that have had success from California. We've had guys go to the NFL from here. Uh, I, and I, Obviously think, they're you know, and this was always going to happen, Brent putting a lot of focus in that Missouri, Kansas area. Uh, last year paying off with Caden Green and P.J. Adabare. Uh This year, you know, after guys like Williams Maneri, um, Caden Massey, you know, you go down the list, there's plenty of guys in that group. So I think that has been a learning process, and you have to start putting some momentum because there's only so far, basically with what I was just saying, there's only so far that you can say – This is our goal. This is our vision. This is what we want to be. Before you have to start doing some of it. You have, you you know, it's what Texas would run into under, you know, Charlie Strong under Tom Herman, where they were selling, oh, this is what we're going to be. This is what we're going to do. But eventually, it's got to start being something. And I'm not saying they got to go win the national title this year, but you've got to show progress. Well, and I,
2: I think that there is plenty of people uh, a part of the program, whether it be boosters. Uh, like big time boosters or whoever that they're going to support the program through thick and thin, and I it just it seems like with the schedule, it's going to be talked about for the next three months how easy it is if you don't perform to a you know standard or level that is acceptable. There's going to be a lot of concern going into uh, you know what is going to be one of the largest shifts for the program and for the athletic. Uh, just department as a whole, uh, maybe ever. Like you're you're entering a a couple year stretch where you can't f around, like it, or you're going to become a Nebraska or, and a you know also a laughingstock of the country.
0: Well, because it's you know, especially from a recruiting perspective, it's really hard once you get knocked down the pecking order to climb your way back up. That that's one of the right. hardest things you can do. While you still are at the top, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to stay on top. It's it's incredibly difficult as well. But once, you know, Tennessee moves ahead of you, one, you know, because Oklahoma's used to being one or two in the pecking order. If if, they're, if it's a Big 12 kid, a Big 12 area, and that kid's going to stay in the region, it's going to be them or Texas 95 times out of 100. Like, there's just very few exceptions. They're going to the SEC, and they might be fifth. As far as like recruiting, like having the advantages that you walk into, Alabama's going to win most of the battles, though you. Georgia's going to win most of the battles. LSU's going to win a lot of battles. Uh, Texas is obviously going to win a lot of battles. So they don't have some of these advantages. And so you have to, you, you just can't afford two years where you slip and you start letting people say, oh, may, maybe this isn't going to work out. Maybe this isn't the thing. Even if it's eight and four, that's just so far below what people expect. And, you know, the players that of the caliber OU wants to land expect.
1: I've gotten kind of wind of some stuff with the admin about things, just the the way things are going. I mean, obviously you have a year like this. You're six and seven. Everybody says, are we going in the right direction? And, and I think the administration has been proactive in that, I do know this, that they are prepared basically, and they understand Prince. Prince going to fix the defense like he's get they're going to be better but we cannot fall off offensively we cannot become this program that all of a sudden looks like kentucky where you know it's boring uh you're just trying to win by holding you know people to a, a small amount of scores i mean like the will levis thing like that still bothers me like the people thought he would be anywhere near the first pick of the draft um but administration wise They are doing everything they can to say, Jeff Lebby, we believe in you. We are are prepared to do whatever it takes to keep you, even if that means turning down a lesser job. Now, if you get offered a Power 5 job at a a place that has a little bit of tradition, they understand. They can't do anything about it. But to keep him going from, I think there's a really concerted effort behind the scenes right now, to keep him from taking like a Louisiana tech or SMU or something that's not really, you know, or maybe a, a PAC 12 school, even like a Washington state or something like that. Like they're prepared to pay him to stay here at Oklahoma until he gets the right, the exact right job. So Brent can have a longer chance to turn this thing around. You know,
2: I, I think almost the, the kind of quote unquote, scary thing is, and I guess it depends on what you think of him as an offensive play caller, but what if, Jeff Levy leaves after the 2023 Oklahoma football season for a head coaching job or for whatever, then you're left with a situation with Jackson Arnold. And, you know, I, I think as well that's part as, of it
1: too, from what I've been told like, as
2: highly as we think about Kevin Sperry and uh, it, clearly his admiration for Jeff Levy uh, in working with him for the last month at all the camps, look at
1: Malachi Nelson. I mean, look what happened with sure.
2: him. Sure. He was dead set on coming to Oklahoma and all of a sudden Lincoln leaves and Now, that made sense for him to, you know, actually just end up going to the school down the street from where he grew up. But at the same time, I think that I don't know. I I guess it just depends on what you think of the offense, because you can sit here and shit on it as much as you want. But like going through the stuff in the games from last year, it just doesn't really feel like they're as far off as maybe some would make it out to be now. They got to mirror everything. I, I think that they do need to slow down at times. Obviously, those are concerns with in-game management and that kind of stuff uh, that you surely have to you have to make. Like those are the adjustments that they're going to have to uh, look at going into the season.
0: You know, there is and again, and I, the the thing that's been interesting to me is we talked about this last summer. When we talked about you know feeling like the camp and everything around the program was just a little disjointed, a little a little unorganized, Mm -hmm. and for some reason this summer is when I'm hearing like I got a lot of questions in board chat, a lot of stuff on the board. You know, Josh, is is it as chaotic? Eddie, I don't know. Like I'd be interested in your take, but being out there, I feel like there's a much more cohesive feeling. I think it's just
2: everybody knowing where they need to be. I think that there was so much new last year. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking all the way down into like the football offices with secretaries having done something the same way for the last 20 years. And then you have guys coming in and saying, that's not how we're going to do it anymore. I think that that, it does it affect them getting a third and one Mm. at the Cotton Bowl. No, I don't think so. But I mean, I do think that there was a lot of newness. Even to the players, I mean, they talked about it during the spring last year. Uh, they talked about it even going into uh, the beginning of the season and not really knowing what to expect. And then you hear, you know, the the talk about how tired everybody was going into that first bye week and basically limping in. I just think that it's kind of interesting. Sure, you're gonna you're going through it for the second time. Everybody's a little bit more familiar with how Brent wants to run things. But uh, you know, again, there there are things that Oklahoma coaching staff has to do to put their players in better position to win this season. And, and and they're not idiots. Like I fall back on this idea. Like Brent Venables isn't an idiot. It's kind of like the argument against Todd Bates right now that I know we'll get into with Derek LeBlanc there in somebody asking you in chat, like why we've talked about Todd Bates as a a prolific recruiter. It's only everything that he's ever done. Like that's the only reason why people think that he's a good recruiter. I'm not going to, Uh, I'm not going to penalize him
0: for one kid's dumbass decision. Yeah, yeah. And it it is – that's one of those things where people are like, well, you know, what were you guys thinking? Look at the data. Like, there's nothing to support Todd Bates as anything other than an elite recruiter and an elite defensive line coach. So, you just got to – you've got to be patient with that stuff. But, you know, uh, when you look at it – and I kind of what I was saying earlier, I want to be fair to Brent. Like, not only – was he a first-time head coach? First-time, you know that a lot of rebuilt staff, almost two staffs, kind of coming together as like a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. You you had a little bit of a feel of that, but you also had like Carrie and I were talking about earlier, three times the staff size that they were used to. I mean, there was there's, I can't overstate how different it feels at that camp compared to the 20 years I've been covering it because usually it's the coaches. And a couple of assistants running around. You know, once upon a time it was Brandon Hall. It's one of those mm-hmm. GA type guys. Now, Eddie, I, I don't know all the faces. Like, there are so many people out there. I'm like, I know you. I don't know you. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy how much support there is. And when you have that much built in, that's great. Once it all knows what it's doing and know it's all orchestrated, that's fine. But in year one, there was gonna be some. There were gonna be some bumps because, oh, OU went from two thousand two to twenty twenty two in a off season. Like they they grew their staff that exponentially beyond, you know, kind of caught up with the Joneses and had been living more like a Mac school in staff size for a long time
1: that uh, the 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 support staff definitely needs uh, a lot more food to eat uh every day when they go home and you know one way they could handle that is to go to primeshrimp.com uh terrible segue i know but i specialize in them uh no what he said yesterday that he really wants some
2: uh, some shrimp so we need to send him some
1: okay he makes a lot of money off of us so i don't know why he needs me to pay for it he didn't say that i made oh, okay. that up that was okay. just part of the uh uh Anyway, um, well, I get in a lot of trouble. Um, so, uh, PrimeShrimp.com, uh, go check them out. Uh, they got a special going on for uh, only for Sooner Scoop subscribers and uh, pod listeners, official, unofficial 40 pod listeners. Uh, 25% off your entire order of $50 or more. Uh, look, it's we all know shrimp, it's, it's healthy, it's full of protein, uh, and there's a lot of different ways uh, to make it, and they do tons of different ways. Uh, whether you're you know like the Cajun stuff, they've got the signature Cajun seasoned shrimp, the, the uh, French quarter Alfredo, the New Orleans style barbecue, the Louisiana boil sh- uh, Cajun shrimp, uh, or if you like it just a little bit more elegant, like the garlic herb butter shrimp, uh, the lemon and cracked pepper shrimp, uh, just go to their website, PrimeShrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E Shrimp.com, and check out what they've got to offer. Uh, great friends of the podcast. They'll get it to you. Ship right out. It comes in the dry ice. Your kids will love playing with that as well. Uh, but just you know, a great way to have a good meal under ten minutes, healthy. You feel good about it. You don't go to bed feeling all gross. You don't wake up feeling all gross. PrimeShrimp.com. Go check them out and enter that promo code U forty to get twenty five percent off your entire order of fifty dollars or more. Okay, so uh, I I wanted to ask you this too, Josh. I mean, and you're right. This Brent knows does what he knows and building relationships through camps is something that he has done a great job over the years. I mean, you go back to, uh, early two thousands. I mean, you know, guys coming through here like Teddy Lehman that, you know, I want to say probably felt, uh, I, I, I haven't talked to Teddy about this long time, but probably felt a little disrespected when he came through here. And I know his dad was kind of, you know, had that a little bit going around, but, uh, he used that camp to, to really, and I think it was Nebraska, wasn't it, that was mm-hmm. really recruiting mm-hmm. him hard at that time. Yep. But like he's used to using camps as a way to build relationships with people, uh, and it, it. We I think we've talked about it before, but like a lot of afternoon sessions, you wouldn't see him because everyone that came, he was spending time with him up in the office, and that's where you see the pictures come out or getting the offers. Uh, but I don't know. Do you get a sense that the the recruits themselves, kind of, you know, are Like, they take in the experience and enjoy it a lot more than than maybe they did in the past?
0: Oh, I think that's absolutely fair. I talked to Andy Bass for a little bit last night, and he mentioned, you know, really, he basically it was like Brent Venable spent an hour with me. And then I went on the tour. Like, it it wasn't the, oh, I got an offer. I'm an in-state kid. I better go ahead and pull the trigger. like And I know there were in-state kids in the past. And I don't – that's not just on Riley. That was something you would hear – dating back to, you know, kind of the later years of Bob's era as well. It's like there was, well, I'm an in-state kid. They just kind of expected me to come. So I think Brent has done a really good job. And I it shouldn't surprise anyone who's followed the press conferences, who, you know, has listened to us talk. He's an engaging guy. Like, he doesn't talk just to say the things he wants to say. Like, he wants to interact with you. He wants to say hello. I mean – I'm sitting on the sidelines yesterday and uh, watching Jonte Newman and Jay Sean Ross, and he walks up and fist bumps me and work, you know, we just kind of say what's up, you know. And that's not to make me important because that's but that's just who Brent is. Like he acknowledges you. He's very aware he's of you. He's not bullshitting when he talks no. about relationships. hundred mm-hmm. percent. That that's who he is. So that's I'm, the most amazing part, too, is that
2: they he does make you feel very important every time that he talks to you. Oh yeah. And I, I think that that really hits home with a lot of people. Uh, I think that that's obviously why he's a great recruiter. Uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting in talking even somebody like an Andy Bass that uh, it would seem that it's being they're going about it a much different way than what we were familiar with with the other staff. And I think that we knew that it's pretty black and white, too, uh, as far as what they're doing. Uh, but even from an evaluation
0: standpoint, it seems like it's much different. Oh, I, I mean, guys, is there any doubt for you that I don't care how good Andy Bass was yesterday? He would have never got offered. He that. wouldn't have been offered. Uh-uh. I, I don't think there's any question in my mind. Uh-uh. Um, I, Eric McCarty's not at Oklahoma right 100%. now. 100%. No, he, he's at Kansas State or somewhere sure. else. And,
2: and you know, I, I think that there is a certain, uh, I don't know about like, there is a certain level of, those are the types of guys that Oklahoma's been missing out on mm-hmm. but at the same time you got to recruit at the same level that you have been in getting the five star kid or getting the high four star yep. kid and getting and and how you marry those two is going to be very fascinating especially moving forward to a conference where you you simply have to have the elite talent to be able to compete
0: yeah at a place like Oklahoma you should be landing elite players you should be landing top 100 guys you should be landing five stars like that's got to happen I think a big part that gets lost at times, and I think maybe is something that you saw Wayne in really the 2010s were those in-state guys that like it mattered to them to play for Oklahoma. I'm one who often mocks people that say that those guys can't be your best players. That's not, and I'm not saying all Oklahoma kids, like obviously David Stone or Danny Okoye, there's a world in which they are elite NFL players, and Oklahoma's very proud to have them on the roster. Sure, But there are plenty of Oklahoma kids that are every bit as good as some of these kids in the years past that we've seen offered in California or wherever in the country. I don't want to single anybody out. That's not the point. It's just they were overlooked, and at times it very much felt like because they were Oklahoma kids. like There was really no other reason. Well, they're from Oklahoma. They can't be as good. And I don't – this staff, I think they realize that there is something to having – you know, I, I hate – I kind of hate this term, but the I can't guys. believe you're saying this, yeah. I mean, like,
1: you know, so many – so much time has been spent about people complaining that they don't 100%. sign enough Oklahomans. Yeah. Yeah, and again – Which I, I still – you know, I don't agree that you should recruit a guy just because he's from Oklahoma. Agreed. Now that like you're saying, does it maybe help locker room chemistry a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I could buy into that. Yep. I – I know it's kind of sounds
2: messed up, but I would rather take a chance on a kid from Oklahoma than I would anywhere else. Cause I do think at the end of the day that there is something that when you're playing for something greater, like it just means more. And I, that's all the way down into the high school level of stuff. That's one of the parts of the reason why the East side schools, and I don't want to get into this conversation, but it's like, that's why the jinx, the unions, the Bixby's they've been really, really good because when you grow up in it, when you start in 6th or 7th grade or 5th grade or 4th grade or whatever, it means something to you. It, but it, you're it, it's also not going to
1: you. get to the college football playoff by just recru- recruiting you Union and Jinx 100%. 100%. 100%, 100%. Yeah. I, I,
0: I think it doesn't always improve your ceiling, but it might help your floor. Mm-hmm. Like your floor. Like We might not bottom out because we've got a few more guys here that are about what we're about. They know what this means. They know... You know, in years past, you'd say they know what Bedlam is. They're not going to overlook Bedlam. Because I think that was something that got talked about at times. Um, You know, especially early 2000s when Oklahoma was struggling at times in that game. It was like, well, is there, you know, there are enough Oklahoma kids. Does this matter to enough guys on this roster? And I don't know if that was ever fair. But I know it was a conversation that took place a lot. Hey, don't forget, Dad. It is
1: uh, 25% off uh, and free shipping at deadsoxy.com right now for Father's Day sale. Go to the website, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Get him a great pair of socks. He deserves it. So, uh, Dad will love him. We love them. No shows, the boardroom, the, uh, you know, go get the college colorways. Uh, anything for Dad. He deserves Dead Soxy. They're fantastic socks, great company, uh, and great customer service. So, go to the website, deadsoxy.com. Enter that promo code, U40. You get 25% off your entire order, plus free shipping uh, for a short period of time. So... Uh, even if you don't get them for Father's Day, go order them now. Take advantage of that great deal and the great shipping. You can get even more great Dead Socksy socks. deadsoxycom And all, as always, stay socksy. Uh, something you know, you guys uh, had the uh, softball emergency pod uh, when Jordy Bull uh, transferred out, and and I was running the show, and you guys were in talk. I haven't really had a chance to say much about it, uh, Josh. I know you haven't either, and I, I kind of wanted to bring it up because I, you know. I don't think you guys are off base at all. I mean, I, I hear all the same stuff about, you know, just wasn't a good fit. I mean, it, it never was from the beginning and she made it for two years and, uh, just wants to be happy. And, and I don't fault anybody for just saying, Hey, I'm not enjoying this. Like I should be. Uh, and I want to be closer to family and friends. Like I get it. It's cool. Um, I think some of the things that are interesting to me is like being there at the, the celebration on Saturday, uh, where it, it It just had an odd feel because I haven't been around the softball team very much. Uh, I've I've covered football, you know, almost exclusively, except for, you know, Kelvin Kelvin Sampson's basketball team's covered them quite heavily. Uh, A little bit of Jeff Capel, who's blocked us all for some reason still on Twitter, probably because of me. Um, But, like... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner?
2: Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at BankofAmerica.com/talktous. slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: I kind of have this thing that I've always taken with me with football. When, uh, there's a tough loss and the fans are upset and they feel like that the players aren't trying hard enough or they don't care enough. Uh, And every time you talk to those players in the locker room, you've heard them say it a hundred times. And I believe it's it being true. Like no one cares about winning more than the football players. I mean, maybe not every guy, but overall in that roster, those guys that put in the work that go to practice, that do the off season workouts, like, they don't care more than you about winning. Like, you don't care more about winning than they do. Like, that's a universal truth to me. Like, you can't ever say, you know, I uh, this team doesn't care. There, I mean,
2: there is, like, this fandom side of it, though, that I get with the Thunder and the Cubs yeah. and whoever. It's just like, I think it's a way of, it's a coping mechanism is what it is. Sure, and yeah. It, it makes you feel better. But then again, at the same time, and I, I think it's kind of funny, too. It's like, when we get up and I, you know, and I'm sure that you see the same thing. You get on like Instagram in the morning when, before radio starts and, you know, Stutzman or whoever, they're done with their workout. Yeah. Like yeah. when I'm getting up to go it's in, like I which, told you, like, which I consider very, very early. And it's like, you don't do that shit if you don't care.
1: Yeah. Or like, you know, I've just finished my radio show like last week and I'm walking, i walked walk from the office over to the the indoor just to get some exercise. And I see Andrew Rame coming out of the the door, and it's like, God, he's been getting killed the entire time I was on the radio, and I'm just going for a brisk walk. Like, what a jerk I feel like. Uh, But, no, my point being, like, the players care. And the weird thing about softball and and the the dynamic between the fans and the players is I don't think that it, it, it... I'm sure this will be the same way with OU football if they ever win three national championships in a row. But just the fans... Not being able to appreciate what they just saw, like, it, to me, is so evident. It's like everything, like, Joe Harris is up there giving a speech, and you have people standing up, you know, like, he's listing off their accomplishments, and they're just like, wait until next year! And it's just like, my God, they've won three in a row, and you guys are obsessing over next year's I th- I team. I think that that's also just...
2: Fans in general, though
1: I I think that I don't believe that fans are that. I don't
2: I don't think well. No, I'm not saying that they're that bad. I I think that they've lost all perspective. Like I don't I don't I don't know about that though. I think that they're just saying like those people in the stadium
1: had lost all perspective. I'm telling you. Maybe
2: you've lost perspective.
1: No, I, I I don't believe. I believe I'm the only one with perspective right now in this conversation.
2: I just think that like that—that's just what fans do. They look forward to next year. Now, if you want to but make the, the whole, argument but, that but like when
1: Patty's like emotional and crying, and she has been over the and she's telling you like the pressure on this team has been in you know, intense and incredible, and like she's breaking down. It's like at some point, don't you have to look at yourselves and say, "Are we too much? For, you know, are we being a little much right now as a fan base?" This fan base is ready, is what I hear. I did. say are ready to after, make the move. After the guy screamed at me, I was talking to uh, Toby Toby Baldwin after the game, and he was, he was you know just kind of being like, "Hey, thanks, thanks for all you guys did this year." And the guy comes up from behind. He's like, "He doesn't even cover softball." I was like, "Oh, thanks, dickhead. Thanks for interjecting yourself into my conversation." But it's just like stuff like that. It's just like, you guys have lost your minds a little bit over this whole thing. I,
2: again, I, I just think that that those that's the way that. People are expressing themselves. I don't think it's, I don't think that they're seriously saying that if you don't win a national championship next year, it's a a failure. Like, the,
1: the, but I'm saying they're not going 61 and one, they won three straight. How can you not focus on that versus all these shouts of wait till next year? And you know, like, and it wasn't just like one shout, it was like it was a constant rain of people saying things like that from the because they're passionate. Are they passionate or are they unrealistic? They're fanatical both i think i think, think, I think that there's that. a
2: little bit of both now if you want to say that like i i would agree with you that i think that there is a good portion of the fan base and we've talked about this before Kerry, that probably doesn't appreciate enough what this year has been sure like 61 and 1 53 game winning streak I, I do think that, and it's kind of like what we talked about back and in to 2017. Have those three
1: games where they were just dead. Like yeah, Texas, OSU, and Clemson—they were dead. Like, the, to, sure, to make the comebacks they made in those games to continue the streak to be for it to become what it was. Yeah, I think you I, have a lot of people that don't understand. Like, it's almost like they're watching a, a Comic Con movie, or not? Comic—that's a bad. But like a was an MCU movie or something? Like they think they are the Avengers or something. It's like not real because that shit doesn't happen. Like in well, real it,
2: life, it's like the offenses of 2017, 18 and 19 that everybody just came to expect when we came in here every week going, yeah, that, that doesn't happen all the time, but people did become accustomed to seeing, Oh, you put up 50, 60, you know, points a game until and putting up 700, 800 yards a game. I'm talk, I'm talking about 17, 18, 19 with Baker. Yeah. And and Kyler and Jalen. like but, I mean, that run of quarterbacks was 2008
1: incredible. that was we'd never seen that type of offense sure. before. Sure. I mean that that was the first monster offensively. Yeah. for Oklahoma And Sam. I I think that the
2: argument could be made too though that the Big 12 and defenses were just they were OU was just better at the time.
1: They had dudes on defense and all. Like when you watch even when you, I, I, I mean, remember look at, look at Sam's offensive line. All of them started oh, yeah. on
2: the in the NFL. I mean, it was kind of like what Baker went through in 2017.
1: But even if you watch like an OU game in 2010, like when they played Nebraska in that Big 12 championship game, they were knocking the shit out of people. Yeah. That oh, defense.
0: Yeah. Oh I, I mean, like Tony Jefferson and yeah. Austin Box and Travis I mean, Lewis. I mean, yeah, Travis you on the Lewis. List, I mean, they had a bunch of guys.
1: That's why they were number one going into 2011.
0: Yeah. yeah. And why didn't they finish number one, Kerry? Because Landry Jones had a good boy. <laughs> Well, because,
1: well, first off.
2: It's interesting how God went against OU in 2011, <laughs> but helped them out in 2023 in softball. Interesting.
0: Huh? Would you say he smited them in 2011? Was that a, was that a smiting? I mean, there's, you know, anyway. <laughs> um, I think Eddie and I are too comfortable in that. Just...
2: Sooner Scoop correspondent Grace Lyons maybe could help us out on that.
1: She won't even answer my DMs. I'm not Click trying that. to slide into that. That's, that's, that's a that's that. alone And I can't audio. even say I'm trying to give her money because that sounds even worse.
2: <laughs> it's just to give her some money that I owe her. <laughs> I'm
0: just trying to give the young woman money. We know th- for some business that we've done. Right. On the site. <laughs> right. No, I'm I- trying to give her business
1: related to a paywall business that I run <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. It's
2: no big deal.
0: It seems so straightforward.
2: <laughs> I do think, though, that the uh, the fan base just in general... I know what you're saying, Carrie.
0: It, it just, I just feel like there's a little loss
1: of perspective. and I, I wish people would just, I would imagine just take that, a step back a little bit. I would bit. imagine,
2: though, that everybody that is yelling stuff like that at a celebration is... And I would imagine most people that go to a celebration like that probably either have young kids or are
0: of the older demographic. But... Isn't that kind of inevitable? Like, Alabama well, like, yeah. has no perspective no, on what football is. Like I said, right now. If, they if don't
1: know. OU and, and Georgia fans are going to be that way in a couple more mm-hmm. years if they keep winning. Yep. Like, sure. it just you get all these people that it's not really about the team anymore. It's yeah. about you know making me feel better. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's I get to go. And I think there's a lot of that my, with OU
1: softball right now. Yeah.
0: I mean, think how good if you want to keep it in the softball world, like. OU fans, like Oklahoma State fans are having the greatest run in their softball sports history, and it feels like nothing because just down the road what Oklahoma's doing. I'm sure it's the same deal with Alabama and Auburn. Like Auburn has had some great moments, won a national title in the last decade, or I guess, yeah, a little over last decade. But in the recent past, and they're a candle in the sun to what Alabama's done. So I'm sure that's a totally – that's just a brutal thing to accept.
1: No, I mean, I, I, it's it's one of those fine lines. It's like when you get so good, you're going to attract people that they're just rooting for your success rather than for, than for you. Well, and I, I think on the
2: opposite end of that, you should get people that are rooting for their demise. Like, you know, oh, sure, yeah. Half the people that would lead you to believe online, which I don't think is as big as like no, the OU got blown softball out. fan or the OU athletic fan wants to make it out to me. It's like... Yeah, there's a couple people, and I would say the bigger names out there, I think we know who we're talking about. Although Danny Cannell is a little bit of a baby back bitch. a lot. I don't with. think he really cares. He knows that he's going to get a little bit of a rise out of you. And it, it's a lot like Skip Bayless in the same regard of, I can't allow myself to get let him get away with what he says. And then that fires me up, and then you fire off a tweet, or you watch yep. his stupid-ass
0: television show, and it's, it's just a cycle. I, I did it last week. I'm, I was like, I kind of respect what Danny Kyles doing, because I know he's just trolling the shit out of OU fans. And he's he's acknowledged that. Like I, and I, I'll be fully honest. I like the Cover 3 pod. I listen to it. Like I enjoy that. I think those guys do a nice job, but it is there's just no question. It's not his real take. It's not his real stance. No, you softball. He knows he can piss you off.
1: It's something that he's then, reusing that yes. he kind of fell into a few years sure, ago. Yep. And now he's like, Oh, you fans are really sensitive online. Right. I, I'm going to yeah. put this out there and get a bunch of attention.
0: I, it's, I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's It's just like the barstool thing last summer. You can't try to piss everybody off. And they're like, they're super sensitive. No, you did it on purpose. Like you called the dogs. Don't be surprised when yeah. they come. So, like, it, it's just one of those deals. But I thought some of the responses, Joe Klatt just going in on Danny Cannell was amazing. Toby um, Rowland was amazing yeah, going I, in on him. That w- When you've gone too far for Toby Rowland, you've gone too far. Like, let's just be, Toby, one of the nicest people I've ever encountered.
1: Yeah, I mean, Toby, I that's as much venom as I've ever seen from Toby. Yeah. I've known him for a long time.
2: I think there, there is like a line where you're having fun and you're trolling and then it's like you're really taking away from like one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of college athletics. Like there is a, an enough, enough enough is enough type yeah. feel for that.
1: At some point, it, it, you're, you're giving credence to people sword fighting without arms. I mean, it's just like on Twitter, those people, like you're getting FSU troll fans and OU troll fans fighting with each other and then you're saying, well, look at all the people that are saying that we're, you know, we celebrate too much. It's right. no one that matters. No.
2: And and I think that, like, there is a noise. level that those people just, they like the interaction yes. more than anything. Like, I, I don't think that, like, There's even no- some of the USC people, it's like, Yes. At the end of the day, <laughs> nobody cares. Like you're never going to really truly ca- cross it,
1: pass in life. What's amazing is like, like I think arguing. The USC stuff just made OU fans feel better because they had they just needed yeah. to get some stuff off their chest. I think most of that that is off their chest. But now you have like some of these USC fans that are still like you know trying to collect receipts and things like that. It's just like you're just on here to troll. And I think we can all agree that Facebook or, or I, I'm turning it around. Twitter is a lot more like Facebook than it's ever been. Now, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it, it, it it's is a lot if you of let people. it to be. Yeah, I mean, it's who you follow, but the problem is now, you, someone puts you in uh, like a media organization puts you in your mentions in in their mentions, and then you're in this endless cycle that you can't get out of, and you got to mute a conversation or whatever. Yeah. Like people don't know how to untag anyone, so you feel like there's all this stuff going around. Just, and I asked that question. I was like. Okay, I, I guess I haven't followed this that closely, but exactly who ripped on the OU players for being too emotional? Nobody could really give me an answer. It was like, well, this one fan said this, and Danny Canale said that. and That was it. Like, yeah. That's all it was. I think
2: that there was a couple of people in the softball community that said some stuff. but Well, it, the
1: Michigan coach upset some people, yeah.
2: Yeah, and that was more to do, I think, about the uh, the umpiring in the game than it was – like actually where the game is there was all a, that other there kind There was of stuff. very much a
1: third strike call that should have happened that didn't happen well, right before she tweeted that. The, uh, uh,
2: the umpire and stuff, I mean, they they just weren't very good. So <laughs> it really didn't end up mattering, though.
1: So anyway, yeah. I mean, look, I just I just want people to have perspective. I mean, and just I don't think it's all OU fans, and I don't think it's indicative no, of OU fans in general.
2: No, it's fans. It's, it's fans. Any, well, insert it's fans, any school. It's
1: fans that root for a dominant team, to me. There's a difference there. Like I said, they're rooting for the success and not for the players. The, if the players screw up and lose, they're hurting their success so they get pissed off.
2: Do you think that there is like a, uh, and this might be like a grander conversation to be had, but it's like, I wonder if it's become like that because people... Don't necessarily like there is this divide between the college athlete and the fan mm-hmm. because of NIL, because of right. things that prevent the fan from developing that relationship with somebody for three or four years. The innocence. But then again, I say that and you know, somebody like a grace Lyons who we were joking about earlier, like she's been in Norman for just as long as anybody mm-hmm. here over the, the recent, you know, five year stretch of Oklahoma dominance in softball. So maybe i I'm kind of talking myself out of that. I don't know. I, I guess does it just come down to wins and losses? Is that all that matters at the end of the day? I don't know.
1: I mean, I, I think for like, a lot of
2: people, they would say yes, and they would say yes without even truly caring.
1: I actually thought about this the other day. Like, I think, I think it's okay and it's it's good and it's healthy to have a little bit of a wall between the fan and the player, even in college. Like, it's it's just like the you know the thunder. I remember Trammell wrote a bunch of articles about little old ladies who love the thunder and stuff like that. And like, they, they saw them as their grandkids and stuff like that. Like just, just they're, they're going to play a sport. They're going to win or lose and cheer them on or boo them. Like you're entitled to do either one, but when it gets into, I want to have a personal relationship with that guy playing a sport. That's where it gets weird. And that's where I think it turns from something that has a little bit of innocence to it to something creepy.
0: There, are, it's not just a fan thing. There's, yeah, there's, there's media, media people that way that have too. that problem yeah. as well. So, um, but you know, it, it because, is because
1: I mean, it's just like with Jordy and her, you know, stuff and whether you want to call it mental health or whatever. Like, I think you know, there's a, there is that pressure and that pressure is made because fans want a piece of you. Yeah, uh, they and, and you feel their expectations and you know they're going to be upset if you're not good. I think if everybody just was like, look, this is your side, this is my side. Let's just play some sports and enjoy it or, you know, be pissed that we didn't win.
2: It's one of the good and bad parts of Mm -hmm. social media. I mean, somebody said it on the board. Like, I can't imagine what the UCLA team was going through in the 88-game winning streak and the pressure that came with that. I don't think that you logged on every day and people were saying, you know— incredibly good things which can be a bad thing I mean, can you imagine or the, the incredibly walton, negative stuff
1: the bill walton stuff then i mean like yeah i don't know if you've been watching that docuseries i watched
2: the first two episodes it was a lot better than i thought it was yeah. going to be
1: but like his relationship with john wooden like mm-hmm. all that stuff would have been out in the public sure and about smoking marijuana sure and, you know whether in like with portland you know going there's later ones talk about portland how the fans hated him because yeah. he could never play yeah. and stuff and he's he never experienced heard time, stuff like
2: that no doubt it it's it's good and bad i mean i i think that you know obviously i've kind of become in a place just career wise because of social media but i understand that there is a big negative to it there's a big downside
1: to all of it as well it's i will say this it's odd to me that it you know i think brent embraces like media coverage and for people to know his players like that's why he did that you know big everybody can talk to the media thing he like he thinks it's a good thing if Player stories get out there. But mostly, most people are like, m- less media, less media. We control the narrative. We control our players. We control the social media. And it's almost like fans have never felt more at a distance. And I don't know if that's the way it really is, but that's the way. It feels like because fans are more at a distance, they don't know, really, you know, understand the players or know who they are. It's like it causes everything to get out of whack.
2: It's almost, it's almost to the... Uh extent to that the universities almost do this to themselves because they do kind of gatekeep as far as like who you're getting to know if that it's makes like they're sense. They're playing hard to get almost a little bit. I, I, I think that like we would love to have some of these guys come in here and sit and do podcasts and that kind of stuff. And we can through NIL, which is a great way of uh, getting to know the player. But there are some things that are kind of off limits that maybe a university doesn't want to be said by some of the players that could sure. be outspoken. Yeah. Sure. Which I get, like I, I understand. Oh, at they were, time. they like, were
1: more freaked out about uh, media doing NIL stuff than anything else when this first started. Right.
2: And I, I think that it's kind of interesting that like, well, not interesting just in terms of like, I wish that players could be open. Like it, it's, it's always kind of funny and this might be a bad comparison, but I've always kind of found it funny when, a kid you know, gets picked up and has a sack of weed or something on him, and people go absolutely bananas mm-hmm. about that. And it's like if you had any idea what these guys were doing during the off season or you know, on a Tuesday night before a game, uh, you know, I'm not saying that everybody's going out and partying, <laughs> but it, it it just is always funny to me that people are so surprised what happens on a college campus and then how shocked they are when they find out, oh, this, this person was drinking on what night? It's like, if you only knew half of what was going on.
0: Well, and, and it's one of those things like, they're still just college guys. Right. Like, they're not different than you probably were in college or someone you knew in college. I like, wish people could talk about it more openly, I guess yeah. is my point. I, I was a jackass. Like, I'm not judging any of these guys for what they get out and get into. I mean, that that's... Uh, now, to a point, you know, now you get into some real dangerous stuff, that's a different conversation. But like being surprised that college guys are gonna act like other college guys right what are we talking about um, yeah guys now I don't want to uh, to lighten this too much but it doesn't have to be today but I've been checking out the old Apple tune Apple uh, reviews there's oh some, really there's some strong work out there in the universe so um, is there yeah yeah, we got a one star. Hell yeah, uh, we got some five Good. stars. Read the one star. I want to hear yeah, the I one star. Like the eight. <laughs> this is going to sound super self-serving that we start there. Oh no, oh, it's one more star. Josh. Why don't you like Josh Josh? talk? Josh talking recruiting is the only reason I and I can't read the rest of it. Please don't change. Already too much talking about nothing. <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So maybe Doctor Dr. Kevorkian
2: needs to visit your home.
0: <laughs> Someone okay, and this is a perfect one to follow that with Eddie uh, com- mentioning uh, Doctor Kevorkian. Why so profesh? Love everything new with on three, but this most recent pod is so buttoned up. Hope y'all don't feel pressure to have some of hard, some hard segmented show now. Let it loose, boys. It's what the people want. Very I, much so. Yeah, so I, you you can tell we all feel pretty tight. Uh, but yeah, there are um, oh, there's there's a there's a Robert Meacham. Reference here from twenty twenty two. How long has it been since we read one of these? It's been a minute since we've done a review. I know that. Oh yeah, I this is the last one I remember reading. Gabe and Teddy are the best. The Oklahoma Breakdown (laughs) podcast wipes the floor with your podcast. I think I saw that. Bottom of the barrel, OU podcast. Hell yeah, I like that. Well, I I don't know about that. I mean, I
2: don't think any of us have been fired from radio and still (laughs) do a podcast.
1: Why do you do that to me? What do you mean?
0: If if it softens any of the blow, I've never been asked to be on radio, so sure. we're we're fine. Yeah. And I'm probably gonna be fired <laughs> eventually, but <laughs> I mean not right now. Oh no. That just happened. I don't um, even
1: know how to get to the ratings on MacBook. Uh
0: there is one that the, the title is just in quotations, You're not my dad. Love my <laughs> Oklahoma <laughs> propaganda podcast. <laughs>
1: No, it, it's it's way too often a discussion on the boards. And it's mm-hmm. like what I talked about earlier. I mean, we we want to deliver content in a lot of different ways because everybody consumes it differently. Mm-hmm. And no one is ever going to be happy with the same. We do the three of us, we started this. And we did it for ourselves. We didn't even know it would be that popular or that it would, you know, drive subscriptions and all that stuff. We just wanted to be able to come on here and bullshit basically. And it's like, that's why we do this. Like, we're not going to stop doing that. Like, if you want a buttoned-up pod where it's just – like, I just yelled at a guy on the board because he was like, it was nice to hear Josh and Eddie talk about recruiting without someone else interrupting them. (laughs) It's like, dumbass, it was just a 24-minute – video on why did he Rudy? call
0: bob out like that that's I hard bob catching straight mean, i'm sorry that's, that's messed up guys yeah that's that's wrong sorry for that oh you <laughs> softball amount of pressure that's on <laughs> your shoulders now uh yeah you know the it's something and i i've i've said it uh, there's probably several people that have heard me say this before something dr pacheco you know the late great dr pacheco from the board said forever he was like, this message board's not going to be perfect for everybody. It's about being as good as it can be for as many people as it can be. And that's that's the way I look at almost everything we do. Like, Because we're never going to do the podcast just the way you want it done. We're not going to do YouTube just the way you want it done. It's going to be the thing that we feel like connects with the most people in the best way possible. And we've built this podcast doing exactly what we're doing. Like just talking about... And it obviously, continues to grow. Yes. Obviously, Oklahoma Athletics is the baseline. We know that nobody would be here if we didn't talk OU sports. Like, we get that. But at the same time, it, a, a lot of it is is personality-driven. P- I get people all the time like, oh, my daughter did the same thing you talked about. Or Eddie is, you know, somebody, somebody's connecting with Eddie and the fact that he has never – Smoked and those sort of things. So you know, That's right. yeah. So they, they they understand. I wonder where you're going. Then. The uh, the life he's had to live with a lit smoke free uh, existence. So um, you know, those those kind of things happen. But uh, I don't know. Like uh, it's just one of those things where I don't understand why people. If you don't like a part, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Skip past it. That's fine. Like It's, it's just different for everybody. I think, yeah, I think people okay like different things.
1: I think we're with a 4.8 out of 5 with
0: yeah. over 1,000 1, ratings. 1,000
2: ratings? That's strong. I have found always found the, uh, the person that like complains about something that they listen to. Yeah. A very fascinating character in life.
0: Well, I mean,
1: I told the guy "Hey, like, go away then. Like, if you're going to keep bitching about this, oh, uh, somebody that changed their name on On3, I can tell. I know exactly who it is. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna keep doing this, just just we don't want you as a listener anymore. Like, yep. well, that's all. Like, I mean, I'm throwing my hands up. Like, I'm just sick of reading that shit. Like, literally, I'm just throwing hands it.
0: up. Um, yeah, but it, it is. It, it's there is. I I kind of lost where I was gonna go with that. I I got so caught up in Kerry literally throwing his hands up that I lost my train of thought. But
1: everybody has what their you know their version of perfect is. Yeah, and
0: absolutely. And like I said, that's. That's all good. And, and most
1: people that complain about it want to listen to the podcast that no longer exists because no one was listening to it. Yeah. Well, it.
0: Or not enough. That's people. what I was going to say because I get the same thing on Twitter. People are like, why are you talking about this? Don't follow me. You don't have to. No one made you. I didn't ask you to. Like, you're here. And sometimes I'm going to talk about shit that's not OU recruiting. It may be Arsenal soccer. It probably is. Deal with it. Like, if you can't, if that bothers you that much, that's a, that's a you thing. That's not a me thing that th- those people the people that complain about that kind of stuff
2: are second only to which i find to be the most interesting breed of people on twitter the responder or the replier to an official team account because i like <laughs> i just every time i ch- i every time like texas or ou or whoever has a bad day and they put out the final score or whatever and then you have those fans that some are trolling but some are dead serious they i, I truly think that they feel like you know, the best that were Porter on. Moser or whoever Skip Johnson or whoever's going through the team account mentions <laughs> like, oh, you know what? That's a good idea. Or, you know, that poor person that has to run the, uh, the, the social media for those teams, the they're going to go down yeah. to Brent and say, Hey, sooner fan four twenty sixty nine 2069 probably need to run the ball a little bit more in
1: the second half. Let's, 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 Let's expand that My favorite I mean there's To one up that Is when it's on Instagram Yeah Because nobody's on Instagram To debate sports They're there to look At their hot friends Or you know See what you know People are up to Whose kids are doing what I love it But that's all part of the process It truly is and again, we're not bitching at the fans. It's just like every we all live in the same fishbowl. Like Yeah, we 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 have the same frustrations that a lot of you do. And it's just like it's a, it's like the
0: invention of the Karen. It's like the online Karens. We're talking about maybe 5% of interactions. Yeah. Like it's a very small. Like I enjoy most uh, I, we couldn't do what we do if it was the majority of people that just bitched about everything. Like but there are some people that you will just never please and you have to And then always I want to tell you how to run that. your business. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I'm sure if we talked to any you know service oriented business owner, mm-hmm. it'd be the same. Sure.
0: If not worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, cuz I know when we get together for like publisher conferences, it's the same. It's not like it's a it's a singular thing to Oklahoma. Sure. It's that's just part of it, and it's part of working on the internet. Like, there is an anonymity that gives people even more freedom to voice to be any little thing that might bother them. Yeah. Like, rather than just being like, yeah, I don't like that, but do I really care? No. I mean, I'm just not that guy. Like, I, like
1: the guy that came here and did our epoxy floors did a horrible job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go online and just bash him, because I saw other people that did. Yeah. Like... I, it's just not in my nature to try and burn some somebody to the ground. I don't know. This yeah. is getting a little mopey for me.
2: I've never yeah. been the uh, the Yelp review guy. No. It's I, hard
0: for me. Uh, now, the only time I've ever done one was, A, if it was really good, or B, if the guy yeah. like asked me to. Like, yeah. Deliberately, was like, hey, would you do that for yeah. me? Like a small business. Do people so, still ask
1: lot. that to give Yelp reviews? Is, is that still a thing? I I've, don't know about Yelp. I think Google yeah. is what I usually follow. Yeah, Google, something. I think, yeah. is what
2: people. Mm-hmm. And I'll usually say, yeah, I'll do it, and then I never do it, so.
1: And even, here's the thing, too. Like, if you're a business owner, and this is not for us. I don't care. I'm not going to – if somebody wants to – I don't even think we can get a Google review. But, like, if you see, like, a business owner has gone through and, like, said, hey, I just wanted to say that we tried our best to take care of you, at, you know, until your wife threw the slushie at our, my child, and we said we'd part ways. Like, mm-hmm. the, I like it when the business owner goes in and tries to explain, like, we tried to do our best, but we yeah. couldn't make Now, when
2: happen. I do see that, that's when I'll go in – And say, yeah, this this person sexually molested me.
0: (laughs) God. (laughs) See, I get in trouble for trolling our neighborhood. Page like, HOA page yes uh, I, Tiffany's like you were such an next idiot door. you're oh my god Tiffany Tiffany's like I can't even go on there I don't even know who I shouldn't talk to in the neighborhood because you probably pissed someone off you're gonna get your name removed from the uh, the pool it's, it's the neighborhood pool yeah the key card might
1: not yeah, work Yeah, it's not gonna, not gonna work anymore they'll put yeah. up like a they'll put up a spike strip for your golf it, card. exactly
0: oh it's 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 a very real possibility because there are some people in that neighborhood who I don't think know who I am but they know my Posting and they don't care for I like it at all. Yeah, I like it's, that. It's that makes for interesting uh, communication.
1: I just it, yell at my neighbors on the radio every morning when they've disappointed me because <laughs> we don't have an HOA. And that's, I want to get into that. You guys saw that guy that was trending about bitching about his uh, not having an HOA oh in the yeah. guy's house. Yeah, oh yeah. It took on quite a lot. That's kind of where it all started, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. Um, you know, camp tomorrow. Uh, we're going to try and do something along the lines of what we did on Tuesday to make all you people happy about us interrupters on the pod. Um, So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Even if not, you know, maybe we can do something on the schedule uh, when it gets released tonight. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I just think that we kind of, there may be some surprises, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to blow us away. I don't even know. There might've been some stuff come out here in the last 10, 20 minutes. I haven't seen. So, no, I mean,
2: I, I think that you can count on seeing Alabama uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think that you know Florida, and Missouri are going to probably be on there. Uh, Tennessee, I, and everything else you is going to be yeah, kind of where you're going. And you know those will be. It'll be fun. It's it's going to be something new. And I think that that's probably the most exciting part about it. Uh, that's why I'm so excited about going to Provo this year, going back to Cincinnati for the first time to cover a game, that kind of stuff.
1: Well, at least the SEC knows what teams are in their conference next year. There's a very role.
0: real chance Provo could be my first OU game in like more than a decade. Really? I, there's a, I'm giving that real consideration. And to see, that's here. the thing. Be I don't, there's yeah. been so
1: much uh, – I don't know if it's like qanon on our board about BYU and game days and what you can drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had other people tell me that you can drink on campus on game days. Mm. I have no idea. I gotta look into that because I kind of got into a fight this morning with somebody about that.
0: You you were unsure of your stance and just argued it. No, anyway? I just
1: was kind of repeating. I guess I was queuing on myself because I was just repeating what people <laughs> on the board said.
0: <laughs> we do that, people. So you're listening, like we listen to you, we hear you. I don't really know. Like spots. I don't
1: know. I mean, the board's making it out like there's only three bars in the entire town of Provo.
0: I could see that. I, I can buy that. I don't know that I've ever even Salt been... Salt Lake City supposed to be a lot of fun. To Salt Lake City. Like, I don't think I've even been I think Salt airport. Lake
1: City is a time. I mean, I always see it on diners, drive-ins, and dives. They got some food there. I think that's where the, the car show is. Ken Diggett. I think that's in Salt Lake City. Anyway. All right. I think we've run out of things to whine about or whatever today. So, uh, I really do appreciate uh, all you guys. Uh, and I mean, Josh, Eddie, uh, Bob george george is stuck at the longest uh regents meeting i think in the history of the world uh so he's uh, hoping to bring back some gems from that and hopefully will and bob's out there keeping us on track he'll uh, have more stuff with the sec when it is released so even if you're listening to this after the announcement uh just check the site we'll have the full coverage for you uh, and keep checking that youtube page it's just youtube.com sooner scoop we're right there go subscribe like uh and uh you know we'll keep providing the content and the more we grow the more content that, that you'll get so really looking forward to it uh we'll see where we go uh, next week as uh, camps are done and uh you know, we'll have a lot more to talk about with the sec and, and the finalization of camps and all that so appreciate everybody listening we'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from soonerscoop.com